Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Indeed, today is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing. We are glad in it. We are the people of good news, even in the midst of all of the bad news of the day. Uh, after our opening segment in the last hour, um, I had a, a, a listener who emailed me and said, um, all right, so I didn't actually hear like the good news proclaimed in response to all of the bad news of the day. So here will be my good news proclamation. Jesus is Lord. Um, God has done everything that is necessary for our salvation. Uh, The kingdom of God has been inaugurated. The king lives. His name is Jesus. And, And he is the good news in response to all of the bad news of the day. And I recognize that uh, maybe it seems, I don't really have a word for it. Maybe it seems simplistic to simply say Jesus in response to all the bad news of the day. But ultimately, that's what God says in response to all the bad news of the day. God says, Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's the answer. And so if it's the answer of God the Father um, for all the bad news, for the bad news, for sin itself, uh, for the power of sin in this life and the penalty of sin and death, if the answer of God is Jesus, then... um, why would we be looking for another answer? So let's, uh, let us first be the people who bring Jesus and the light of the gospel to bear on all of the bad news of the day. Let us be the people who, you know, for whom that's our first reaction. That's our first response. Not who can we blame, not uh, what kind of laws can we pass, not whose fault is this, but Jesus. Let's be the people who recognize sin for what it is, the brokenness of of culture for what it is, uh, and and say to ourselves, okay, so we're not that different than every generation that has lived outside of Eden. Yes, we are a people who have access to now thousands of years of church history, both positive and negative, but we are also people who have access to the good news of the gospel and how God intends to bring that to bear in our day through us. If you want, um, if you want the harvest of this culture to change, if you look around and you say, "Gosh, all I see is a harvest of unrighteousness. All I see is bad fruit." Guess what? God intends for you to be a person who gets out there today and does the hard work of removing the rocks and tilling the soil and sowing the seed of peace, sowing the seed of His Word. Um, and so, let's not be people who complain. Let's be people who get to work. And that's not a works righteousness, right? I'm going to point to Jesus first, and then I'm going to get busy. I'm going to point to Jesus, and then I'm going to say, he has sent me as a laborer. He has invited me um, to to co-labor with him in this culture, because this is a world that he loves. These are people he desires to see redeemed. Um, And I have a role to play in that, because I'm an ambassador of his kingdom. 
I'm representing him in the world today. All right, so that's the answer of the good news of the gospel to all the bad news of the day. Uh, And we are going to turn in our conversation this morning to some of the headlines and bring the gospel to bear. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Okay, so uh, if you go to uh, you go to Amazon and you try to buy something, particularly a book, which, by the way, Amazon started out, right, as a company where we went to buy books. And now it's a company to which we go to buy everything. Uh, and so Amazon doesn't actually make anything. Amazon is a distribution company. And so what happens when that distribution company decides as an act of its own political speech to not distribute something? That's the conversation that we're having today. So I want you to imagine for a moment you wrote a book uh, and it's substantive. It is accurate. um, It's true. And then Amazon says, yeah, we don't like what you wrote. So we're not going to uh, provide a distribution network, the the most profound distribution network, by the way, that exists. Um, we are not going to sell your book on our platform because we disagree with what you are saying. Well, that's what happened to Ann Polk, among other people. Ann is, uh, she heads up the Ministry of Restored Hope Network, and she's been here with us on the program before. Um, her book, Restoring Sexual Identity, Hope for Women Who Struggle with Same-Sex Attraction, uh, is no longer available on the Amazon platform, but uh, Anne's going to tell us how we can find it. Anne, welcome back. Hi, Carmen. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure so to be let with me, you. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you. Um, let's start with this. If people want to buy a copy of Restoring Sexual Identity, Hope for Women Who Struggle with Same-Sex Attraction, where do they go to buy it? Well, happily, there are still some venues. One is christianbook.com. Another would be Barnes & Noble. I think Borders might carry it online as well. Um, they can also buy it through the office, but we're not really a distribution channel. <laughs> we're there to minister to people who want to leave homosexuality. So we're not a, really a bookseller. So there you go. <laughs> well, and I think that that's part of the challenge, right? Because people are going to say, well, can't they just sell it through their own ministry platform, um, you know, through their Restored Hope Network? And you and I would both say, we don't really, I mean, we don't want to necessarily spend our times, spend our time um, labeling shipping packages and taking them to the post office. Like we will do it if we have to, but we would much prefer that Amazon would process those orders for us in the same way that they process them for everybody else. Right, exactly. And they are the world's largest online uh, retailer, the world's largest. They have the, the largest group of people with Amazon Prime and free shipping and all sorts of things. And so what they're saying is we will not allow certain voices on our platform. Um, they had for years and years, knowing that we were there, and um, my book's been around for 15 years. It had great reviews on the Amazon site. Uh, but all it took was a handful of uh, people from the UK to begin uh, trying to protest Amazon and coming up with a, a petition. And at that point, with misinformation, uh, they were able to strong arm Amazon to remove our book from the thing. But they still have, interestingly enough, um, they still have uh, Mein Kampf of Hitler's book on there. The fellow who uh, brought about the Oklahoma bombing, the, the largest national terrorism 
event before 9-11 and a bunch of other things. And so um, they're being very selective in what they're refusing to carry. And it's in particular related to the LGBT, uh, pro-LGBT community. So anyone who wants help to leave homosexuality, that's what's being banned, not Hitler's writing, not the Oklahoma bombers uh, writing and so on. So um, Amazon says that your book and and books like it violate their content guidelines. Um, now, they openly state that even though books containing, quote unquote, objectionable, view, objectionable viewpoints are going to be permitted, um, works like yours, which they say exhibit intolerance towards sexual orientation issues, those must be stricken. And so this really is very, very specific and narrow viewpoint discrimination. I, I think there's, there's there's no question um, that they have picked one subject and said this one subject uh, will not be allowed uh, on, you know, to be distributed via Amazon. Um, I'm curious to know how you found out and then um, what's the response, not only your response, but the response of the Restored Hope Network. And again, let me remind people that they can find you and your ministry online at restoredhopenetwork.org. Correct. Um, well, first I found out about the um, the ban from Amazon while I was traveling in their area, actually, which is where my family lives up in um, Washington State. And so I was busy taking a break and having a, a respite post-conference, and um, I found out the book was banned. So that's one thing. Our response is is that they have decided who can be heard. They're making a decision for the public. Um, the book has sold 20,000 copies, and now they're relying on a few people who have not never even read my book, assuming that it it is mean or just not even allowing um the viewpoint that people can leave homosexuality. I understand that that's a smaller viewpoint. It's a smaller audience than the entire gay community um, and their allies. That's not a big uh, misunderstanding for me. I understand that there are there's a subgroup of people who enter the gay life who want to find a way out of it. Um, but I think it's very unfair and it's religious discrimination to... Um, to ban or prohibit a point of view that they may prefer didn't exist. I think that that's just, they're making this decision, pardon me, they're making the decision for the, for the general public that that viewpoint ought not to be allowed. So they're saying this is, should be outside of civil society. And this is not the only thing that's happened along these lines. Uh, Vimeo removed all of our videos and cited religious uh, reasons um, and discrimination reasons for doing that, that they wanted that viewpoint banned from their platform as well. And so we're seeing the potential of companies that hold a particular field of, of scope of, of administrating a different distribution channel from deciding this viewpoint the Christian sexual ethic of leaving homosexuality is no longer going to be allowed. So there you go. So, Anne, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to understand. Um, I mean, obviously Amazon's motivation is financial, right? They are, they're interested in making money. 
um, but they don't actually produce any content. They are uh, they are purely a distribution. I mean, what they do is distribute things, and so they're deciding not to distribute a particular product. Um, in this case, a book, but in other cases, it could be it could be almost anything. Based on uh, based on really a, a a very small minority of people who you know, got together a petition and said, we don't like this, the viewpoint of this one author and this one book. I, I am, I guess I'm wondering, are there other authors, um, other people in ministry like yourself, uh, who, who share the view, um, because it's been your own personal experience, right? Who share the view that there is a way to live in alignment with God's will, um, and God's design for human sexual relationships, um, and that it's possible to come out of darkness and into light. Like, right. Are there other people who have uh, had their works banned as well? Um, yes, there are lots of people who have that uh, viewpoint. First and foremost, yes, they do have books. Um, Joe Dallas is one of those that was banned. Alan Menninger's book was banned. Joseph Nicolosi senior's book was books were banned. All of them. Um, my other book amazingly, that written with my ex-husband who went back in the gay life, they decided not to ban, which is kind of an interesting thing. Um, so you just you just don't know. You don't know what they're going for, but they're beginning here. They're seeing about who else to ban. Um, some of the gay activists have mentioned, well, that's not enough. There are other books out there, of which there are books by Jackie Hill Perry to... Uh, Rosaria Butterfield to any number of other people, Christopher Ewan and so on. Um, All of this was based upon a philosophy and a strategy that's been working across the country called conversion therapy. Conversion therapy is an interesting phrase in that it was created by the gay activists. Um, It was a straw man argument created to throw a bunch of different accusations into a bucket or into a sink, so to speak, and then condemn that particular aspect. In that, they they threw in through um, uh, Samuel Brenton, for example, testimony saying that he was electroshocked and ice bathed and who knows what else and coerced as a teen, whereas we've heard from individuals in his close personal life that he never had counseling for sexuality at all under 18. None. Mm. Zero. For nothing. I mean, we're not talking, we're talking talk therapy to anything else. He didn't have any of that. Um, The family members are hoping for his redemption and his return to the Lord, and so they're not confronting it. Meanwhile, it's being used to condemn the church from helping other people through prayer, through listening, through talking with people. Um, And, you know, that's, that's a tragedy. Um, we're seeing a, a lie being perpetuated across our country um, by not just him, but others. One person claimed a RuPaul movie uh, storyline, cried about it in front of a legislature on the East Coast, and they realized after the, the testimony that it was actually lifted from a movie. Wow. Fascinating and sad. Fascinating and sad. All right, Anne, you and I have to take a quick break. Um, When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk a little bit more about the language conversion therapy. We're also going to talk about the ministry of the Restored Hope Network. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. (laughs) 
So returning to my conversation with Ann Polk, uh, she is the director of the Restored Hope Network. You can find them at RestoredHopeNetwork.org. Ann is also an author, and uh, her book is the subject, actually, the jumping off point of our conversation today. But Ann, I'd also like to uh, touch on, you know, the, the recent experience that you you all have had at the Restored Hope Network, just in terms of having protesters at your event in the Twin Cities. And then, you know, continuing our conversation uh, that that you started before the break, and that's, you know, on the subject of convert, so-called conversion therapy. Um, we have uh, listeners in the Sheboygan area who may uh, now learn that um, their council has banned, quote-unquote, conversion therapy. Um, at a, you know, at a meeting in, in that town. And so let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, efforts across the country to ban something that, um, frankly, isn't really even happening. And then, um, and then let's also talk about just your own experience of having protesters at a Restored Hope event in the Twin Cities. You bet. So uh, conversion therapy is actually a made-up term. There is no counseling technique that's conversion therapy. It doesn't exist on the books in that sense at all. In fact, it came about as a result of uh, Dr. Nicolosi's son, post after he had passed away, copywriting the term, uh, essentially trademarking, trademarking uh, reparative therapy, which was Joe Nicolosi's specific technique for helping individuals overcome homosexuality, a tender and caring technique, nonetheless, uh, counseling technique. Um, Once that happened, everybody, they could no longer use reparative therapy unless they meant specifically what he had done, which had nothing to do with all the coercive techniques and and the harassment and electroshock and everything else. I mean, all of that was just a throwback to the 1950s when psychiatry used it for anything including stopping smoking, quite literally. And so um, what they said is because this had been done for the fact that because of people's homosexuality, therefore we're going to use that in current context, even though it's been stated in several federal cases that it's not a current technique used anywhere. Um, And the counseling profession itself has an ethics um, code that they are held to, And there aren't any um, uh, people brought to ethics review based upon it. In other words, Mm. it's not not even a live topic. Right. It's not a live topic, all of these horrible techniques. But talking does happen. And a person asking for help leaving homosexuality ethically is supposed to be uh, respected by any therapist, even a gay therapist, if a person went to them with religious grounds saying, I don't want to embrace being gay, they would technically, on on ethical grounds, have to counsel them along the pathway that they want. Mm-hmm. Well, instead, this is being banned in states around the country, starting with teens, which is the most vulnerable um, uh, group that they can condemn it. But anyway, they built up a straw man argument. They created this term and filled it with all sorts of bad stuff. Meanwhile, what they really meant, and then, oh, by the way, they threw in talk therapy into this mm. into this bucket and then condemned the bucket. Um, and so there you go. It's a, it's a so bad let's... deal. It's a marketing campaign, and they've won. 
Yeah, let's be sure. Let's be sure yeah. that folks know um, if they do want help, they can come to you guys to get it. Um, tell people what's available sure. at the Restored Hope Network um, because you and I are we're quickly running out of time. What What are people going to find at RestoredHopeNetwork.org? Well, they're going to find testimonies of lives who have surrendered to Jesus Christ. They're going to find lives that are in all sorts of different states as far as uh, the country, number one, but also in different conditions along the pathway. They're going to see hope rising in the lives of individuals who've seen the hand of God and the mercy through his people ministering to them. Um, And there are books, resources, materials, hopefully, that will remain available um, under the resources section of the website, but also local help in your area. We have ministries all across the country, including uh, Minnesota, uh, outpost ministries there and pastoral care locally in the, in the state. And so what we do is connect people who are looking for the hope with the hope that is out there. Um, what we did find is we had protesters at the conference. They actually invaded our space. They weren't invited in. They knew they were trespassing. Um, so instead of coercing people to leave homosexuality and trying to grab protesters and drag them into rooms, no, we actually expected them to behave respected, respectfully, pay for the conference, and attend if they wanted to. But they'd be welcome based upon those agreements. Instead, they invaded the space, they unfurled the flag, they began chanting, God is gay, God is trans, God loves gays, God loves trans. We'd agree with the God loves trans and gay people, no question about it, but we disagree that God himself is gay or trans. Um, That's not theologically sound, and so um, we do know that we have a Savior who transforms lives and forgives sin. And we are so happy to represent him. Amen. Ann Polk, thank you so much. We're going to continue praying for you. We're going to continue directing people to RestoredHopeNetwork.org. Thank you so much. i got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. So we need to talk with our kids about money. Uh, Do your kids have a healthy or an unhealthy interest in money? Are they uh, money grubbers? Uh, Do they know how to be generous? Are we cultivating uh, a good, healthy understanding of money, appreciation for money? Uh, All of those conversations up next with Art Rayner and his new kids book series, The Secret Slide Money Club. When your teen gets home from school, do you typically ask questions like, hey, did you finish your homework or how was the test? Chances are you're totally missing the point. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. When I was in high school, I didn't do very well with grades. In fact, I'm embarrassed to admit that I rarely cared about them at all. To most people, though, grades are important and for good reason. They're considered a standard measure of progress and indicate how a student will perform in the future. I know that every parent wants to see their kids succeed, but don't make the mistake of confusing grades with personal value. Relax a little. Let academics take a back seat and pour your attention into developing a meaningful relationship with your team. Find books and other resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org. That's parentingtodaysteens.org. I'm smelling coffee, birds are singing just outside. Here comes your mercy streaming in with the morning light. 
Welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. So Art Rayner is with me today. Uh, Art is the Vice President for Institutional Advancement at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. He writes widely. We have talked with him before um, about his books like The Money Challenge, 30 Days Discovering God's Design for You and Your Money. We've talked with him about The Marriage Challenge. You can find him um, online at artrainer.com. Today he's here to talk about a kids' book series that he's written called The Secret Slide Money Club. Art, welcome back. Hey, thank you for having me again, Carmen. So um, we've talked about, you know, books that you've written for adults on money. Um, I'm curious to know, and I feel like I know the answer to this question because you're a dad, but what prompted <laughs> you to write a kids' series, um, you know, on, on money and sort of a healthy uh, interaction with money for Christian kids? Well, I, I would be lying if I said that uh, part of my motivation wasn't the three boys that run around my house every day. <laughs> so I have uh, three young boys, ages eight, five, and three. And and so obviously I'm passionate about getting people to discover God's design for their for their money. And as I've had these conversations with numerous people, I often get asked, well, what do we do about our kids? We want to teach our children these same principles. Um, how do we how do we do that? And so this uh, this particular series, the Secret Slide Money Club series, was geared to help parents do that and to help uh, kids understand God's design for their money in a very fun and, and entertaining way. Uh, there's there's three books in in the in the series, and um, it's uh, it's it's an absolute adventure that the kids are swept up in. And um, I, I've already really loved the, the feedback that I've received, not just from my own kids, of course, but from other parents and their kids as well. So God has uh, has a design for money. Like, I think that's the starting point of the conversation. I, I think that's we, right. we tend to think about money as, gosh, it's a necessary evil. But God really does have a design for money, and we can we can teach uh, and and demonstrate a healthy relationship to money, or we can teach and demonstrate an unhealthy one. You're, you're absolutely right. In in the Bible, there are over 2,000 verses that talk about money, stewardship, um, taking care of our, our possessions. Jesus spoke on money more than any other topic while he was here on earth. So the scripture is uh, all throughout scripture, there's verses about money and how we are to relate to money and how we are to, to use money. And, and these principles can be taught at a very young age. And that's um, why we put together the, uh, the Secret Side Money Club series. So um, talk about Jake, Sophia, and Brody. Who are Jake, <laughs> Sophia, and Brody? Um, and and because I do think it's important, people need to know these are stories. This is narrative. Right. This isn't uh, you know this isn't a Bible study on money for kids. This is uh, these are stories in which our kids are going to get swept up into the lives of kids. So tell us about Jake, Sophia, and Brody. Yeah, Jake, Sophia, and Brody are the three main characters that your children will follow in the Secret Slide Money Club series. Um, Jake is adventurous. He's a risk taker. He loves sports. He's highly competitive. Sophia is a little less of a risk taker, but she is incredibly smart, very detail-oriented. She's the one who kind of keeps everybody on on track in the Secret Slide Money Club. Uh, and then we have Brody, who is uh, he's goofy. He's funny. Um, he he often is late to <laughs> to each of the of the challenges that they that they face, and and so each character has their own defined personality, 
and um, they each play an integral role in every challenge that they that they face. So these books are fun. They're great adventures. Um, we want people to uh, to check them out. You can find them. Um, B&H has published them, but you can you can check out what Art is doing at ArtRainer.com. We're going to be right back in a minute to talk more about the Secret Slide Money Club with Art Rainer. And specifically, Art, um, let's get into the key financial principles that are actually you know communicated uh, in the stories in these books. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Back now with Art Rayner. He has written a new series called The Secret Slide Money Club. Um, for those of you that were a little afraid of reading uh, books about financial management and a healthy relationship with money uh, and and God and what he has in mind, these books are not scary. These books are fun. They're funny. They're written for what we would describe as early readers. Um, but, you know, Art, I got to tell you the financial principles that uh, that are in here, they're really for all of us. So let's talk about the financial principles that, you know, these stories that feature kids, Jake, Sophia, and Brody. Let's talk about the the principles that really kids are learning um, in in reading or listening to us read The Secret Slide Money Club. Yeah, parents often ask, how can I teach my kids the importance of generosity, of giving? How can I keep, teach my kids how to save? How can I encourage them to make wise purchases? Because whenever they get money, they seem to just spend it um, e- immediately. So how can I teach them and encourage them in, in these areas? And each of these three books are geared toward one of those principles. So the first book is The Great Lemonade Stand Standoff. And the book is there to teach kids the importance of giving generously. And it encourages them to do it in a very fun, um, adventurous way. The second book is the Mad Cash Dash. And that book is meant to teach children the importance of saving wisely. And once again, it's adventurous, it's fun, it's silly, and they love it. But of course, they walk away learning the importance of of saving. And then finally, the third book is Trouble at the Toy Store. And it's a book about the importance of spending wisely. And so in the Bible teaches that we are to give generously, save wisely, and live appropriately, or be wise with our with our spending. And so each of these three books are written to do just that, to teach our kids those lessons. And once again, in a fun and adventurous way, um, your kids will walk away loving the books and you know oh by the way i learned something about god's design for for money in the process so let's talk about the learning process that takes place i think in in the way that you've designed these books um and uh and let's offer you know parents there there's some additional equipping resources that are available as well online so right in the middle of the book there's this thing called a challenge break so there's a there's a little bit of a disruption in the adventure, right? Halfway through each book, you discover this this challenge break. What's a challenge break? Yeah, so you're you're absolutely right. Right at the middle, we have the the challenge break. And the challenge break is meant to teach them something else about about money. So in the in the first book, the the Great Lemonade Stand standoff, it's just some fun facts about money, some things that they would have never known. Like, did you know that money was not actually made out of paper? You know, most kids don't don't know that. And so they, they're learning some some little fun facts about money. So 
it breaks up the book. It teaches them something else, something maybe unexpected, and then encourages them to continue the rest of the of the story. Now, at the end of each book, we have a money challenge for the kids, and it's it's mirrored after the money challenge book where you have for adults a series of money challenges that they are asked to to do. And so the children have their own money challenge. And the first one is to simply be generous with something. So we encourage them. I encourage them to find something to be generous with. Give away a toy. Give to your to your local church. Share um, some of your food with somebody. Find a way to be generous. And so it, it, it encourages them to take the next step. Now that they've learned about giving generously, now let's start to – let's act it out. Let's see what it actually looks like in real life. And, and so once again, the challenges are fun. They, they want to do them, and uh, they seem to have a good time with them. And then there are some um, there are some resources for parents. Each book has uh, what we'll describe as a parent connection. Talk about that. Yeah, so the parent connections are a way that the um, parents can dig a little bit deeper with their children. They are, there's questions that are um, are laid out there that they can ask the, the the children. So if you're not certain on where to take the money conversation with your with your child, then these are a great next step. For, for, for parents. Uh, there's verses provided in this and questions that you ask uh, your, your child. And you can just have a great conversation about, about money. It's amazing how quickly children can grasp God's design for their money at, at such a young age. Like they really can get it. And, and so it helps them, it helps the parents coach and teach their children about what the Bible says about money. So if you want to check all this out, just go to artrainer.com. There's a banner right at the top of the page that uh, introduces you to the Secret Slide Money Club, artrainer.com. You can find the Great Lemonade Stand Standoff, the Mad Cash Dash, and Trouble at the Toy Store. Um, Art, I appreciate the, you know, the the illustrations. I appreciate um, how engaging and you know, I'm going to use the word contemporary in a positive way. The the contemporary look and feel like these are these are books that are attractive to kids. Um, in addition to being you know just really healthy content in terms of what you're communicating. Well, I, I appreciate that. And as I mentioned earlier, I have three kids of my own, so I had better write something that they enjoy. Um, so I had my, <laughs> my own audience right there coach me with what, what was good, what was what was um, what needed to be adjusted. And, um, and so I once again, I had my own personal motivation to make sure that these were, were done well. So, you know, Art, you've got you've got three um, and the oldest one is now of an age where. Um, you know, there's a lot of engagement with culture, I'm guessing, right? I mean, at eight, right. you know, you're you're starting to really engage. I'm wondering if you're experiencing um, new challenges as, you know, as your kids are getting a little bit older. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're getting exposed to, to more and more thoughts um, that are maybe not um, – from the from a biblical worldview, um, specifically on money, I mean, your your kids are going to learn about money from somewhere and from mm-hmm. from somebody, and and so that's another reason why it's important for parents to latch on to books like the Secret Side Money Club series and 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 
teach through them um, so that they can understand what God says about about money. Because once again, they're already receiving messages about what money is for, how to use it, how to supposedly gain contentment uh, through your through your purchases. And and so the Secret Side Money Club series is meant to help parents um, with that conversation because often parents don't know where to start and this is a great place to, to start. And sometimes, you know, art, we're, we don't necessarily have the most healthy relationship with money. And so it's really, this is a good, this is a good way for families. Um, if you're, if you're a parent or an adult and you don't think, you know, maybe I don't have the best relationship with money. Here's a great opportunity for you and your kid to, you know, to sort of get it right together. Art Rayner, thank you so much. The Secret Slide Money Club. You guys can check it all out at artrainer.com. We'll be right back. All right. Uh, so Lori wants to know, hey, I missed Adam Holtz today. I was counting on him uh, to uh, to help me know whether or not I should take my kid to see the peanut butter falcon, which, of course, led me to then Google the peanut butter falcon because I, I didn't even I've never heard of the peanut butter falcon. So here we go. Um, uh, Adam Holtz is on vacation. He'll be back. Uh, but if you check plugged in dot com. Um, or you can always go to, also there's another one called commonsensemedia.org. They've got mo- movie reviews for parents as well. So I'm actually going to read this one off of commonsensemedia.org. Parents need to know that the Peanut Butter Falcon is an impar- empowering road slash buddy movie with themes of kindness and empathy, uh, powerful in terms of its representation. Uh, it centers on a character with Down syndrome. That said, some of the material is what they're describing as mature. Um, Others of you are just going to use the word profane. Viewers are going to see guns, shooting, violent wrestling sequences with some blood, a character punching a kid, a knife held to somebody's throat, language, uh, language, what they say is fairly frequent. Obviously, they mean uh, language that's not appropriate is fairly frequent. uh, And characters are, um, well, in various stages of undress at different points during the film. So, there you go. There's also apparently smoking as well as a flashback to a drunk driving incident. So lots of real life issues being portrayed in this film. Um, and yet uh, in terms of um, it, it, in terms of positive messaging and positive role modeling, it's it's regarded as very positive. So uh, mixed, maybe a little bit of a mixed message. It's clearly for only kids that are 13 and over anyway. Um, and so if you've got a teen that's ready for that kind of conversation, there you go. All right, that's what I know. That is actually all I know about uh, the peanut butter falcon. Okay, so be the person today who brings the good news of the gospel to bear on all the bad news. That's uh, sort of my theme and marching orders for the weekend for each and every one of us. Um, I've got a full weekend. I'm sure you do as well. Let's be praying for each other as we seek to walk our faith out into the world that God so loves. If you want to join with others in praying for renewal and revival in America, you can do that at dayandnight.org. If you want to uh, consider joining uh, a bunch of other folks, thousands of people across the country in praying and fasting for the next 21 days, you can find that at dayandnight.org as well. Um, Okay, so as you enter into the weekend, let me encourage you. Be a person of not only courage in Christ, be a person of deep compassion for others. Uh, in, in, our, in our theme of the day, turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at myfaithradio.com.